welcome, welcome to The Bridge. We have an exciting show for you today. We're here with Haki Ami. We're yes. happy to have you here. Thank you, thank you, and thank Mr. Jermaine Wright. Hello. Uh, he's our newest addition to The Bridge, but a very special addition. And today we're going to have some exciting news to talk to you about. However, if you're interested in calling in, feel free to call in at 240-719-2560. That number again is 240-719-2560. So I just want to talk a little bit here with Mr. Haki. Yes, and yes, yes. He is a number one best-selling author, which is phenomenal, given that it's not easy to break into that, to being a number one bestseller. Um, he's written a wonderful, wonderful book called Mission Unstoppable. I love the title. Uh, and he's written that book with, n with none other than George Frazier, correct? Yes, yes. And also Les Brown, right, right, right. Yeah, a motivational speaker. Mm -hmm. So we have, a, we're gonna listen to some real exciting things today from him. So what I'd like to do is start by asking you, where did you get the title, Mission Unstoppable? Well, so I met Dr. George C. Frazier maybe six years ago in Dallas, Texas. That was my first time actually attending uh, his power networking conference. And that's a conference of, of few thousand professionals that come together each and every year um, in different parts of the United States and he was pitching uh, for this opportunity and he he already had the name of the book Dr. Frazier did and okay. so so um, it you know it made sense to me just what you know the opportunity was and hearing that Les Brown was going to be a part of it I said you know this is something that with my background and experience that I wanted to be a part of. So it, it just made some sense and wrong with me to team up with these established authors. Okay, all right. And so tell us a little bit about what Mission Unstoppable is about. So yes, and I'll just add the full t uh, title, <laughs> Mission Unstoppable, Extraordinary Stories of Failure's Blessings. Okay. So that's the, the, full, the full title. title. Uh, so principally, when we we're talking about being unstoppable, and, and understanding that our failures in life, and we have different ones, and uh, we have to understand that you know a failure does not necessarily mean that that's your destiny. You yes. you that's are not a failure, yes. right? Yes. Right. Yes. And so, yes. learning from your own personal experiences, mm -hmm. we'll just you know say that, as well as those experiences from others, is the difference of what a success minded individual uh, do uh -huh. and those that choose to not learn mm -hmm. you know from these uh, experiences and so this is what uh, what we talk about when we say failures blessings and so we share in there like each author mm -hmm. shares a particular story and a principle one principle that they can encourage people right. to do and how they overcome their challenges Right. Well, I always like to say about um, when it comes to success, um, those that are experts in our field are people who've learned through failure what to do and what not to do. And I was, I was going to touch on that because I actually, at the beginning of the book, the, the introduction, um, the story actually starts with what looks like a big moment um, for, I'm assuming, the author at that point in time where right. he's supposed to be giving 
a big now, speech. Now was that last? Oh, no, just George Frazier. Yeah. Okay, um, that's Frazier's yeah, speech. And I, right. I'm wondering in that moment, like, for a lot of people, it seems like that was a big moment, for a lot of people to mm. choke up like that in that moment right. would signal, you know what, that's it, it's over. I, I can't right. come back from that. Right. But yes. the fact that the book starts that way mm -hmm. obviously says it's a lot. Uh, absolutely, um, absolutely. So. Right, and so one of the things that we learn about uh, purpose and destiny, which mm -hmm, you touched mm -hmm, on, mm -hmm. is that in order to to achieve, you really have to live out your purpose and destiny. Right. And right. did you want to add a little bit more about destiny and purpose and what you found out through your extraordinary uh, 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 participants in the book? Well, absolutely. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting, Dr. Frazier, I, I can't recall the gentleman's name that um, used to speak at, at his conference. He and Les Brown were, were, were big speakers there, but um, George actually, as he continued to, as he shared his story and his experience of, of growing up in Brooklyn, New York, he was a he lived in a house, an orphanage, mm -hmm. and his family were actually um, heroin addicts. Wow. Right? wow. Okay. And, uh, you know, I just use his example of saying that, you know, when you are focused on, on your purpose and regardless of some of the obstacles and circumstances, situations. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta, you know, yes, yes, you yes. And this is where, you know, that, that, that focusing comes on. I just spoke at uh, Carver High School in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. um, and that was my, my topic, the focus factor. Yes. Going from good, better to best. Yes. And that's, you know, understanding that you know, sometimes if, if we, could, we could stay focused on what we uh, aspire to do, aspire to become, we can overcome these challenges. Right. Well, for me, I wanted to find out, I'm all about solutions to problems. And so uh, from the various authors that you have in your book, mm -hmm. what would you say are the top three key ingredients someone needs to possess mm -hmm. to ensure success? Wow, it's a good question, great, great question. question yeah. I, well, I, I'd say faith, absolutely. Uh, you can't do much without faith. Uh, persistence. Mm -hmm. Persistence certainly is one. And belief. Wow, that's good. Belief is, is, is a powerful tool that we should use and acquire to overcome what we don't immediately see. Good. So, Those are very good. Thank you. Thank um, you. And I know you are fellow fellow Baltimorean. Yes, 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 <laughs> so we both grew up in the streets of Baltimore yes, City, right, believe right, it or right. not. Mm -hmm, and yet, mm -hmm. despite the obstacles and despite all of the negative information that we have that comes out of Baltimore, mm -hmm. we managed to, to what you call make it. Right, right, so right, right. what was it like, first of all, for you growing up on the streets of Baltimore? Describe some of the background and what you well, go, went through. Yes, and, and I actually do share part of that in, in my book. You know, I talk about growing up in the streets of Baltimore. I always say I was, I was an average student. I did, I did just did enough to get by, but sometimes it's uh, Dr. Frazier says, he says, if you're average, you might end up in jail some places. Um, so growing up, of course, there were choices, mm -hmm. you know, that um, unfortunately I did not make all the right ones, but uh, I share a little bit just kind of being connected to some of the, the street culture that I almost lost my life wow. in the streets of Baltimore and so always realized that 
you know, it's a blessing to to be amongst the living. Yes. And you know, you you gotta put you gotta use those examples for yes. me. You know, use those yes. examples and let people know that. Uh, and that's you know why I'm working with the young people now to let let them hear and see me mm -hmm. and say, okay, you you can make choices. And I made a choice, you know, on you know what could have been a not so good choice as well as moving towards making better choices, so, right. Okay. Now, generally, whenever you're going through, like you said, being on a mission mm -hmm. and being unstoppable right. in your mission, right, 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 and right. please pick up a copy of his book from his yes, website. Um, you want to give your website Certainly, up? please, yes, and my website is successcholar, H-A-K-I.com, successcholar, H-A-K-I.com. Okay, and so we'll be back in about a few seconds Take with the rest break. of the crew, yes. and uh, we'll talk a, a little bit more with Mr. Amin. <laughs>
And we're here with Hello. Mr. Haki Ami. Uh, and he's here with his wonderful book, Mission Unstoppable, Extraordinary Stories of Failures, Blessings, which mm -hmm. I love that title. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, we want you to pick up a copy of your book. If you don't do anything today but order a copy of his book, do so at? Uh, SuccessScholar, H-A-K-I.com. SuccessScholar, H-A-K-I.com. And we need to really invest in our youth. It's I find that Amen. giving back is the most critical thing that we could do. Mm -hmm. We're here right now with Twala and Sean, mm -hmm. and we're going to talk a, a lot more about how important it is to invest in them. And so I wanted you to talk a little bit more, Haki, about mentoring and what right. you've done in the community and what a call to action would be from you for others to join you so that we can solidify uh, getting on the right track with our youth. Certainly. Well, I work in Baltimore still with some of the, the youth program that's working with youth between the ages of 18 and 24 right now still. Uh, but rather recently, I saw an opportunity. Um, I mentioned earlier that you know I spoke at Carver High yes. School, so I've been speaking for quite some time into juvenile justice uh, system as well as some of the schools. But recently in D.C. and you all could check it out. There's well, there was what was called the Hip Hop Museum, and then there's the oh, HBCU yeah. Museum. Yeah. Yeah. So I did a one-day tour type of thing where. I took a couple people down there. Um, oh, that's cool. They had so a trap I, uh, music one too, right? <laughs> trap music museum or trap museums. That's down. That's in Atlanta. Okay. okay. That's in Atlanta. <laughs> Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. So th this this particular one is a touring uh, museum. So I'm not. It's in D.C. I'm not sure how long it's going to be there. So they're going to be touring real soon. So it, I just had a good time with some young people mm -hmm. to um, you know really know know that history as well as the history of HBCU. So. Right. Um, so I just want to, you know, share, share that that's an opportunity. Right. And so one of the things with our youth, and Jermaine, you can speak yes. to this too, is it's very difficult for us to kind of grab them in. As we get older, we kind of lose touch, you know, and we, we want to make sure that they're even on that right path or mission. Um, how do we go about making that happen, you think? Well, that, I believe that is uh, kind of with the platform. I spoke of last week is built on meeting people where they are rather than where you expect them to be. Mm, that's a good point. Just yeah. Spoke about that a bit. Um, mm -hmm. But the youth, it's a very troubling time for youth. So at this point, like you have to understand that they aren't going to come to you and they aren't going to do what you want them to do. So you got to kind of understand them better to really help them. You can't help someone if you don't understand them. Right. So. Right. And I know you've seen a lot of that in working with the youth, correct? In terms of what they're telling you are the problems in terms of, I know the bridge works real hard uh, to solidify that relationship mm -hmm. because one of the things that our forefathers, I think, did an excellent job of is passing that information on. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. We sat at the feet, I know Twala, yeah. we share stories about sitting at the grandmom's feet and learning mm -hmm. and getting that, and you mentioned this in your book, Wisdom. Mm -hmm. which I haven't mm -hmm. seen. That's a word people really don't use a lot. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. what I, wa I want to know more about what is it that, you know, we can talk to our children about from your perspective to really solidify the relationship and get them on the right path. Mm. Well, I I'll just say, you know, we have to connect them to, like you said, the, the wisdom of our 
of our elders and, and our ancestors, and I see a great one right there <laughs> that uh, you're going to mention a little, little later. But, um, you know, for me, just, just growing up, it was the power of books for me, understanding that sometimes you don't have the, the people directly around yes, you. Yes. And so for me, and sometimes you, you may not necessarily have people around you with that wisdom. Mm -hmm. right. So, you know, I had to search out for books and, you know, use good discernment and knowing what's, what's being taken into my mind. And that's what we have to encourage young people to do is protect their minds right. from what's going on out here. So, and then, you know, the world will kind of come to them. Right. Well, I, th oh, I'm sorry. You know, well, I think Doc and I spoke about this uh, phone conversation a couple of weeks ago that the generational gaps mm -hmm. as far as passing on information and knowledge mm -hmm. um, from generation to generation has kind of been lost from yes. my generation to mm -hmm. above what you guys' generation. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, the disconnect mm -hmm. there is really big mm -hmm. um, and because of such my generation has this I'm gonna live my best life thing mm -hmm. as well as being a parent and mm -hmm. I, I don't think we really caught on to the fact that being a parent means giving all of that up so mm -hmm. the, the issues with mm -hmm. the youth that we see now comes from a lack of attention from the parent mm -hmm. and it's why so much clutter with social media and the music and mm -hmm. sports why so much influence actually from mm -hmm. these right. different areas on our youth right which again it's why you we, we're going to have to meet them where they are rather than try to change whatever we yeah. think we are at this point <laughs> mm -hmm. what we think we can right. do it's yeah, right that's it's a good point um, that's a good i'm point. sorry I didn't and i think that. haki you mentioned earlier about faith can you talk a little bit more about faith and belief yeah, um i i thought that was interesting that you mentioned that first as mm -hmm. in terms of solutions well, well, absolutely, and I just use the example, and not to be religious in any mm -hmm. context, but at one particular time, and I got this from Jawanzico Jufu's book, um, there was the church, people turn, young people listened to, uh, there, there was the church, mm -hmm. there was, you know, parents, mm -hmm. there was schools, and then there was, you know, peers at the mm -hmm. end. Mm -hmm. But now it's, it's turned into a reverse order. And oh, let me add, television oh. is in there towards <laughs> the bottom. Yeah, right. Uh, and, and media. That's a good and, point. And, and now it's the reverse. It's, it's peers and television. Part of, part of that problem is community doesn't exist anymore. So the, the right. community, that right. idea is gone. That's right, right, right. And, yeah. and, and, you know, and there's different reasons for the uh, disintegration, you know, mm -hmm. of our communities in terms of the churches mm -hmm. and the lack of connectivity right. that, that it once was right. and, and, and where we must somehow get it back to in terms absolutely. of developing the diverse institutions that our community need. Right. And we know we've seen changes. Um, I know I go to a good church, Spirit of Faith. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Dr. Mike. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that the churches do need to kind of tighten it up a bit. Mm -hmm. And what happens is, is that there are this legislation that gets passed that deadens that voice. And I know Twilight has always mm. been very elo eloquent in your uh, understanding of how big of a pur uh, purpose and that the church played during the 60s civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. And I think we also need to find other avenues of doing what the church hasn't done. So I think you mentioned neighborhoods and communities. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mm -hmm. take a lot for us to get involved in our neighborhoods right. or communities. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And I think it comes back to the old saying, teach one, 
each one, each one, each one. Each one. Yeah. getting each back each to one, some of those one, basic things. One, but yeah. the piece I like that you talked about, Haki, is really education and reading. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I find it fascinating that there are some things you can't always get from a parent or even your community. Mm -hmm. A book can change your entire yeah. mindset. Right. And so I'm always encouraging the youth to make sure that they read um, and read things, all types of books. It doesn't have to be uh, just you read. know, just just read, just right? Read. That yeah. just read because read. one book can radically change how you're thinking about something and put you on a path to a mission unstoppable. Mm -hmm. You want to speak Absolutely. a little bit more about that? Well, I'll just read real quick. And okay. We, we have other guests as well. Um, well, host as well. Yeah. But, um, take your you time. Know. Oh, okay. I guess <laughs> I'm just trying to take your time. You know, for me, just having these experiences mm -hmm. you know growing up in the streets of baltimore i always looked at when i turned 19 20 like what could have happened you wow. know if, if if i had made a wrong choice wow. mm -hmm. you know like many of my peers mm -hmm. and so becoming be being angry and frustrated that um that this kind of thing can never happen again mm -hmm. just searching for knowledge I read 100 books a year for yes, mm. 11 years wow. on a wow. diverse amount of topics to, as you mentioned, you know, freeing oneself, mm -hmm. you know, from mm -hmm. the bondage mm -hmm. of, of just the fact that I could have made a wrong choice, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And so, and this is what caused me to be very focused uh, in terms of having that purpose and direction. Right. So, you know, just searching for knowledge and, and that word wisdom right, you know, right. caused me to have that burning desire to, right. to, to get free, actually. Right. Well, I know you, you did a videotape that I happened to watch on poverty and Ooh, anger. <laughs> See, we're, okay. And I really enjoyed that because I, I, what you were really saying is that when you're in it, You've got to make some strategic changes mm -hmm. for yourself right. when you're around poverty and you're dealing with a lot of anger, angry people. Mm. Um, mm. And I thought it for me it was yes. profound yes. because yeah, I, I found yeah. that a lot of times when we do go astray, it's not us by ourselves. It's always a peer mm -hmm. or someone around you infiltrating your your right. thought pattern or your thought system right you want to talk a little bit about that because to me that just talking about anger and poverty and what people yes. need to do differently well i agree i agree certainly and i appreciate that i mean you know we in our community um, we see poverty in abundance in, in many communities and unfortunately many people internalize it you mm -hmm. know we, we internalize it and instead of doing something practical mm -hmm. about it we, we we run we try to escape right you know we try to find different mechanisms uh, for I mean people do it through addictions and right. all kind of other other things uh, as, as well as you know being irresponsible fiscally right you know and, and that's that's a reality within our community as well like right. like you know what part are we gonna take some type of responsibility for mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know like I mean you know even not to talk about reparations but even within that context it's like okay well there are still things that you're going to have to do regardless. No one's, this is not physical slavery right. totally like right. that anymore. So, 
you are free to move about the plantation <laughs> <laughs> on some levels. Yeah, you know, that's so, a good point. So we, we, we have to understand that, you know, looking back at it historically, at, at how slavery was structured, mm -hmm. that, okay, people still moved in slavery. Right. And, and this is what, you know, what I have to realize, that we still have this caste system in America, racial, economic, pecking order, if you will, and how do we, as Brother James Klingman, <laughs> uh, he talks about taking an economic detour, mm -hmm. that black people took an economic detour, always had to take these economic detours uh, throughout history, and so this is what we, we have to always look at and, and have these ideas of how when we create these. economic detour, I mean, detours, can you? Uh, yeah, well, so... Economic detour, well, he, he, his theory, his idea, his research was he's a professor of business, economics. He was at, at uh, Cincinnati um, University. <laughs> but, um, but his idea and research was that we couldn't go the traditional business routes. Right. So, you know, we yeah, had okay. to do different okay, different types of things, the insurance companies that were started and the Black Wall Streets right. and, you know, we just had to do different businesses differently. Get creative. Right. Right. So, uh, I believe that, you know, in the 21st century, there are some, some opportunities that are simply still going to be blocked mm -hmm. in a sense. And so, we have to really focus our historic racial analysis. Mm-hmm of what these industries are and, you know, understand, is it a t time to push open the door or, or is it a time to just, you know, say, okay, I, I let think, me, let me go do my is, own thing. Yeah, right. that, that's an interesting uh, <laughs> yeah. avenue because I'm, I'm new generation, but I come from, I grew up in Northwest D.C. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, <coughs> experienced probably a lot of the same things, however, mm -hmm. My generation is not one that believes you can stop us from anything that we want to do. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that is? Mm. I really, I don't have the, I guess, the logical answer. I, mm -hmm. I wake up every day believing mm -hmm. if I want it, mm -hmm. I'm going to go get it. Mm -hmm. And it's really nothing you can do to stop me from it. That, now, that becomes a problem, too, though, because that's why you also have so many, like you just said, you have so many young guys they wind up making knucklehead decisions because they feel like, mm. who gonna stop me? Mm, mm, um, mm, mm. But when you realize the power you have in mm -hmm. terms of right. here, right. you don't have to it's do all the extra stuff. Yeah. So when you say read, like I, I'm, not, I mean, a hundred books a year is awesome, but I would just pledge just read. Build right. your vocabulary. You know, right. Mm -hmm. right. That's good. Point. Never be caught off guard. Right here. Right. Because, yeah, physically we can be stronger, we can be faster, yes, we can rap, we can act, we, but listen, mm. when it's all said and done, you're going to get old, and then what does it all matter? Right. All you have is your mind. Then. So at that mm. point, get it all I can get it and go for it. Right. I, I, don't, I don't know if that wall really exists. I just think, like you said, strategically, I think it's timing. Like, yeah. we're, we're at a time now where we can take, if you watch the athletes, they're, they're taking control of their own brains. You know, right, right, it's, right. it's about timing. Right. It, it, yeah. 20 years ago, you would never say that. Mm -hmm. I, I wish you would have one of these basketball players speak up the way they're speaking up now. They would right. be yeah. 
So it's it's about timing. I don't think the wall really exists or the no, ceiling. No, and, and that's an excellent point. Mm-hmm. And and this is where but that's where faith comes in. FYI, yeah. that's, right. that's the whole. Right. Yeah. That's, that's the answer. Yeah, absolutely. That's the that's answer. <laughs> we can't. That's the answer. Because you can be fearless as long as you maintain a moral code for yes, your faith. Exactly. But you know what I wanted to say mm-hmm. is about. I remember growing up, the library always had these reading programs in the summertime mm-hmm. that you can go and read mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. Um, you win prizes if you resume books in, in mm. short this period of time, right. stuff like that. But that was a different time because there weren't a whole lot of options for a whole lot of other things to do during the summertime besides play right. and go to the library. And right. then they engaged you to the library because usually the play areas were close to right. libraries. Right. Mm. Now, having come from uh, the academic side, academia, mm-hmm. I can say that the problem today with telling someone to read is that they can't read. Mm. The way schools are set up now and versus the way schools were set up when we were going to school, phonics was important. You mm. learn the phonemes, you learn how the sound words out. Mm-hmm. Then they went to this new thing and they are, haven't retreated from it where you have to uh, uh, sight reading, which I'm totally against. Common core. Stand, totally against, because to. sight reading says, I mm. learned that this word says this and that. I don't learn how to sound it out. Mm. I don't know what a long vowel or right. short vowel is. I don't right. know that Y is sometimes a vowel right. or it's a consonant. Mm. I don't know that you don't say Xavier, because that right. doesn't exist. Mm. should be Xavier, because the X in front of a vowel has a Z yeah. sound, yeah. versus the X in front of a consonant has an X sound. Mm. They don't teach that anymore. Mm. So you have these... Um, preconceived notions when you're teaching school. Fourth grade, they get their first um, standardized set of tests. Mm-hmm. But by the time you get to fourth grade, majority of them don't know how to sound out words and still don't know how to decode. Mm-hmm. And there's not enough time spent. And if you can't read well, now I'm going to get, get you back here. You asked me a question. Hit me. Why do you think that is? And I have answers to this. I have two answers. Well, two reasons why. One is because textbooks companies make mega money mm-hmm. from schools that mm-hmm. purchase okay, their yeah. product. Mm. You can say this textbook doesn't work, and the school system say, well, we paid for it. Mm. We bought it. We're going to run this course of that. You can say we're paying too much money for a, a contract with Boise um, copy paper. I can go to Walmart and get it for a couple of dollars. No, we got a contract. So they would rather waste money on their little contracts with mm-hmm. their politics, gotcha. with mm-hmm. their cronies. Okay, that's mm. one. Number two, there are a lot of parents who can't read. And I don't mean uh, like, um, okay. I don't mean like um, when we were going through, we had, there are great grandparents and grandparents that couldn't read because the opportunity wasn't presented to them. Right. But truth be told, a lot of them could read. Mm. They just couldn't tell because they knew that if society, like uh, my great, three kind great uncle, I looked at the census, I asked him about it, and he said, no, he said, if they know I could read, they'd have killed us. Mm. <laughs> and he said it's so matter of fact, you right. know. Mm. So that let me know that, you know, but right. that's not the same excuse nowadays. Nowadays right. it's just mm-hmm. that a lot of parents didn't do well in school and they dropped out. Right. A lot mm. of parents are young parents and, and and digital technology makes it so easy. You don't even know how to, yeah, you, still you can right. just hit a, hit a phone and just say. That was the answer. Like, you know, we first and foremost, we <coughs> people don't even really know what a dictionary looks like anymore or what a thought. Right. right. We, 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 like, I'm, as simple as that, we actually don't communicate anymore. Right. We do. Verbally what, known. What would you do first right now? If you wanted to, your granddaughter was here, what would you do? Would you call her or would you text her? Well, she's right here, right? If she no, no, here right said now. If you wanted to get in contact with her right now, nine times out of ten, you're going to text. Well, maybe not you. Well, yeah, I'll call that her. Every person call is going to uh, I'll text. call her first, right. and then I'll call her, and then I'll follow up with the text. And then if you follow that up with the Twitter, 
stuff, Facebook, like everything is, and then they've gotten to the point now where not it's just that point, but you shorten everything now. So right. you're not gonna spell laugh out loud, you're gonna abbreviate it. Right. So everything that you can, I don't know, ID. But part of but part so you of, have kids that don't. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, yeah. but that's a good point. So yeah. the reading point, the reading yeah. part is is lost. It's not being used. So they, they're figuring, well, you know what? We're going to give them what they need to use. I guess mm. I, I I don't. This is my my guess yeah. here. Mm. Yeah, and so anyway, so when it comes to education, and that was a good point, Twyla, and and where we're going in education totally scares me mm. because yeah. we are not involved in the process in terms of educating our kids. And if there's one thing that I think is critical is we need to galvanize those of us that can read yes, to yes, be more involved yes. in the educational system and process. Mm -hmm. And we can't leave it to somebody else to figure out because mm -hmm. that's what's gotten us in trouble to begin with. And when we didn't, when we had segregation, our, we had people there who were more concerned about our concerns. Mm -hmm. That's true. So with the integration, we have less people there concerned with our education system. Well, you know, we don't even have integration in schools anymore because the minute that we got there, they left. Right. And so we were back in the same place. In fact, we were worse because at least in the segregated schools, I know that the relatives I went, know that went to segregated schools in the South, they were better educated than the children that are going to school now. Right. In terms right. of being able to read, being able to do math, being able to do life skills. Um, they don't, the school systems are set up differently now to the point where when we went to school, we all learned wood shop, metal right. shop. We had sewing and Carver. cooking. You had no, you had a, mm -hmm. yeah. and you didn't have it just one year. You had the next year, and you had the next year, and then you went on to high school. Right. So you don't have those things in school anymore. Um, mm -hmm. So I know that Francis isn't here today, but Francis has worked on a wonderful series of children's books, and I think that's the thing too. Mm -hmm. When children read books or see mm -hmm. books, Teresa made a point about this. When you see a book where you can identify with the character, the character looks like mm -hmm. you, smells like you, walks and talks like you, or, or has a name like yours, then it kind of draws you more. And I think that's right. what we need to really do is look at what books are actually offered in the schools, you know, what, what books right. schools have, and then right. actually take a look and say, this one doesn't work, this one doesn't work. Right. But that takes time, and, and I realize the problem we have in this society, too, is that we're not economically in a place where we got the kind of time. Well, yeah, to, and to, I think that's a that good point. Too. And I wanted, before Haki leaves us, I wanted to get into intrapreneurship. Yes. <laughs> I wanted to really yes. talk about that yes. because to me, as a business owner, that's the key is being, like you said, we need to be dependent on ourselves. Yeah, yeah. We need to be fearless about how to create our own businesses. And we need to support we one another. We have to change the narrative that's been created for yes. us for so long. Yes, yes. So you want to speak a little bit about? Well, certainly, um, as you said, intrapreneurship. So <laughs> intrapreneurship, uh, I got the term from Dr. Randall Pickett, but I know, I know I've heard it before, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but I, I really got a good understanding of what, what it meant. Um, from reading it from his book. So, excuse me, what, was, what title, what book did he write? That you yeah, so, he has two. So, C, um, um, CEO Campus, Campus CEO. Okay. And that's a, that's a good book for college students. Um, okay. And Black Faces in Black Faces in High Places. No, Black mm -hmm. Faces in White Places. <laughs> right. So, um, Dr. Randall Pickett. Um, so, pretty much. Understanding that not everybody's just going to jump into entrepreneurship and be full time with mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm. and he 
suggested and believed that individuals who may have different types of jobs, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, to leverage that career or that position um, and, and look for opportunities and to think like an entrepreneur. Even though you're in a corporate or employee exactly. set setting. Okay. Exactly. So, and that's, that, that made a lot of sense because if we look at the black community right mm -hmm. now, I mean, not all of us are, you know, we're, we're, we're a lot of government employees, yes. you know, look at the, yeah. what happened around, you know, here with the right. federal government. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, some people were, y'all should be entrepreneurs. Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's a process, of right, course, but, right. you know, certainly people can do things as, as conscious consumers right. That's right. as well to, like to, to prepare for whatever's going to happen in, in state level, you know, because we're too de we're too dependent right. right now, and unfortunately, many of us not going to, all of us not going to be entrepreneurs. Let's right. just be now, totally. I, I understand what you mean, but can you mm -hmm. maybe get in a little more detail to what you mean by uh, conscious consumer? Yes, in in a context, well, we gotta spend more of our black dollars in black hands. Hey. <laughs> I just wanted you to say yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Make a play. Right. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Excuse me. I I want to say too. You know, so we've become a instant society, mm. whereas mm. you know, uh, we don't want to know about the ingredients. We just want to drop some water on it. And instantaneously, mm -hmm. a cake. Mm -hmm. So, whereas, mm -hmm. <laughs> what we were saying say about mentoring, mm -hmm. you know, mentoring starts with the parents, right. and 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 so on, and and the levels of of educating. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. So the the grandmother taught the mother, yeah. who taught yeah. the child yeah. how to make a cake. Yes. Now we want to microwave that cake. Right. And right. we don't want, want to know about the ingredients, the flour, right. and the different things that you need to know right. in, in order to, to, to get the same results. So again, we've gotten into that instant. That's a good point. And, and we miss out on a lot of things. This is, this, mm -hmm. And this is the clutch. This is actually a disconnect. I don't even realize you're speaking it. This mm -hmm. is the disconnect between the generations. Mr. Reese had a conversation Friday, and she made a statement in reference to me that blew me away a bit. She says, you're a big picture person, but you don't know how to narrow down the details. And I was like, Repeat that. Oh, I'm sorry. She said you're a big picture person, big mm -hmm. picture, big vision person, mm -hmm. but you don't know how to narrow down the details. And I actually, I told my wife, I told my mother, I was like, the heck, that was really good. Like, that was really, for somebody to just meet me on Sunday, that was pretty good. <laughs> 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 like, that, that's the disconnect. We don't, mm -hmm. we see beyond what our grandparents could see in this old excuse. I'm not, mm -hmm. when I'm saying this, I'm just mm -hmm. giving you the honest this Be old honest. listen you got to go to school and get your education and get a good job listen nah my, I don't want to work for somebody the rest of my life so this mm -hmm. is going to happen mm -hmm. I'm going to leave this job that I got mm -hmm. right now just make yeah I'm making money but I'm leaving it I'm leaving it because mm -hmm. right, I, I can't mm -hmm. morally speaking if things is going on I, I can't do it for me mm -hmm. and it's not how I want to live my life right. I'm right. taking control of that at this point right. mm -hmm. so yeah it's yeah. not the way that you guys see like I've 
I have and elder you, family members like, well, I see point. so much mm -hmm. for you. That's you know, I want point. you to do such. But the way what they see for me is not what I want for me. So you see for me to get a job and make fifty, sixty thousand a year, cool. Mm -hmm. I'm, my my vision is so much bigger than that. Mm -hmm. Which so, so but at the same time, I need what you're talking about. Though I need to know how to make that cake. Mm. Wow. Because at the end of the day, that's very good. Yeah. That's <laughs> good. At the end of the that's day, I want to need that's that too. Yeah. So this is yeah. the that's good. Yeah. That's, this that's is the good. And, and that's if good. I'm not getting that the, the knowledge of making that cake, I'm not gonna. F I'm, I may get to the cake, but I have no idea how I got to it. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, that's and, the and what you were saying about mentoring. Okay. Even though there's a gap between the old and the young, mm -hmm. we are visual. We don't want to hear it. We want to see it. Right. So what we as adults or parents are showing our children, mm -hmm. they don't want to do that. And we have failed them in a lot of regards in, in that visualization to where it's, no, I don't want to do it your way. Right. And I want that instant gratification now to where it's, you know, so now before we had our so-called freedoms, we mentored our parents. And our parents showed us the way to go. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the churches showed us which way to go. Yes. And, and these were tools that we use in order to govern our future lives. Yes. The parents have gotten away from that. The churches have gotten away from that. The teachers have we gotten away from that. And, 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 and what they're seeing on the media and TV and things of that nature is that I don't want that for me. Mm -hmm. So there goes the disconnect. Mm -hmm. and, and the more instant we become, the more the disconnection. Wow. I think too, yeah, go ahead, I'm I sorry, think too what I, and talking to young men and young, young ladies in, in your area, and we have, we have children that are about the same age, all but one of our child, one is in the 20s, but the rest of them are in the 30s. Okay, the same thing is just that, that they, um, they always struggle with the sense about hypocrisies. Mm -hmm. See, they, they see more in earlier age. If something was going on, it took us a little longer when we were growing up to know the real deal, the real answer, all those in quiet tones. Right. They Family see, secrets. They right. see it right now. Right. And because they see it yes. right now, they call it right now, and the next thing you know, credibility them. is You've gone. Yeah. Right. So it's like trying to round up that, that bit of credibility. Like Even when people talk about church or just in the ecclesia, when you see priests and you hear now that they've assaulted these children and you hear about pastors that have, have decimated the, the, the sanctuary mm -hmm. with their their relationships people, people, that's not or people in the church or people in the church mm -hmm. you know they're not in the pulpit but in the pews when children see that and because they see all these things now they have this I don't, you can't talk to me mm. I don't want to hear it because right. I see what you do right. or I see what you're about or I see what you're willing to accept mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. See, mm -hmm. Except, no, it, it, that it, is the one. I'm tapping my foot over here. That's the one. Acceptance. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just not mm -hmm. willing. I'm not willing to accept anything. I'm, I'm, I'm about to turn 38 in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. I got kids of my own now. Like, so you think just because you are 50, oh. 60, and, <laughs> listen, I understand. <laughs> but, I respect yeah, you right. with my elder. Yeah. But listen, I got children of my own that's coming up, and I can't figure it out for them by which you went through 40 years ago. I'm sorry, it's not that way right now. But I think, I think Haki has the answer to that when he started out by talking about the wisdom mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and like you said, in terms of purpose and destiny, mm -hmm. that not everybody else has the same 
purpose or destiny, and we need to give way to that mm. as elders, because mm -hmm. there are some things we don't do correctly either, exactly. instead of putting exactly. it all on the youth. Right. We need to accept that my kid may not grow up to be a corporate worker. My kid may want to be a musician or a writer or whatever, but it doesn't have to be what I want. You want to exactly. speak a little but bit? As an elder, before you get started, uh -huh. as an elder, sometimes we got to get out the way. Yes, yeah. yes. And let yes. that new wave come. Yep. Right. Because yep. their energy and the things that they can do, they can take it to the next level. So you, you, you know what I mean? Now, Moses took them to the mountain. Right. But uh, uh, what's his name? <laughs> took him over. Right. Oh, right, have right, mercy. Right, you know, right, not that Moses couldn't right, make it. Right, right, right. He wasn't ordained to do that right, because right. of whatnot. But yet, still, I, I'm just saying, you, you know, so we got to get out. Well, not we. I ain't talking about me because I ain't Where you married? Where you married? Oh, but you know, we have to teach. And, 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 and as elders, we the chief ain't always the chief. Right. Right. You see what I mean? So the chief, you know, we have to teach him that wisdom. King and Solomon then, you know, and David, that's all exactly. you got to know the story, exactly. that's all that's I got to say. That's all I'm saying. I, I didn't Solomon mean to cut you off, but... No, I, I'll just add, you know, and, I, and I'll just kind of plug here that mm -hmm. um, I'm going to be in this film okay. called No More Chains. Um, young lady did it in Fredericksburg, Maryland. She's from Fredericksburg, so we doing some screenings. And mm -hmm. um, Isaiah Washington, I don't know if any of y'all know oh, him. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so yes. Oh, he, yes. He'll be here. He'll okay. be coming. We, we're doing a screening okay. uh, on the 21st of March. It's going to be at the Magic Johnson Theater. Oh, cool. um, mm. uh, Magic Johnson Theater. No More Change 2. Uh, that's, it, there was a part one to it, so I wasn't in that. But, yeah, so I'm, I'll be in that. But it, it's dealing with releasing the chains of, of bondage, mm. various types of bondage. Um, and, you know, I have a good part in that. So, um, what that time would that be? 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock. Okay, 6 o'clock. And it may sell out, so um, okay. I just tell people to go to Eventbrite, eventbrite.com, look for No More Chains to and log on there. Okay. Thank you. November, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, March, March the 21st. 21st. Right. Okay. So hopefully on Eventbrite people can see it and right. those that want to come. So you want to tell us where we can find your book and please pick up a copy today or tomorrow's berries. <laughs> Thank you. Well, successscholarhaki.com, Scholar. H-A-K-I.com, you'll, you'll see my book, and this is Black Friday 2, I'm in that, uh, I think uh, Brother Klingman is in some of those as well, mm -hmm. uh, so um, so it's good good to be here, good opportunity to uh, share with you you all, so keep up. Well, we're, we're happy to have you, Thank and you. Um, we are, we're appreciative for what you're doing in our community, because you're a grassroots mm -hmm. uh, a prom promoter mm -hmm. in the community, mm -hmm. you're really out there actively working, you Thank know, you. and we appreciate that from you. you. And so I have a couple of announcements, and um, this, uh, we have a community commemoration call to action, Dr. Frances Cress-Welsing. Yes. Woo, 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 yes. she needs it. Great answer. This woman, for me, when I started reading and following her, I can't, I get so full because of her knowledge and how she just, some of the things she brings out, everyone may not agree, but they're powerful statements. Mm -hmm. um, so she'll be, um, they're doing a save the date for her in commemoration and honor, because she's passed away Sunday, March 17, 2019 at 4 p.m. And that's gonna be at the Third Good Marshall Center, 1816 12th Street, and we gotta get the Northwest in there, mm -hmm. Washington, D.C., so please come out 
please come out. We need to honor her. Mm -hmm. She was a phenomenal, phenomenal. I still listen to her tapes today. Yes. yes. And then we have also Seniors Against Domestic Violence, and that's GATS, G-A-T-C-C-S. Mm -hmm. It's a free job readiness workshop. Thank you, Tawala. Yep. And job placement. It's each Wednesday, 10 a.m., to 1 p.m., and that's going to be at Bladensburg Community Center, 4557th Avenue, Bladensburg, Maryland, 207, uh, that's 20710. So please, if you know someone who needs a job or anything, they're going to have free, fresh fruits and vegetables, right? Mm, and um, no ID is required. So it's in Bladensburg, again, I'm going to give that address. It's 4552nd Avenue, Bladensburg, Maryland, 202710. So please come out and support. We're here as a resource center to ensure that you can live your best life yet. I also we... wanted to quick plug. Um, DMV ITG uh, Intergenerational Group presents Laughter Soup. Um, it's a comedy show that we're putting together March 27th. We have a matinee at 12 p.m. as well as an evening show at 7 p.m. Tickets are $30. Um, the event will be held at Harmony Hall Center, Arts, Harmony Hall Arts Center, um, in the John Addison Concert Hall, 10701 Livingston Road, Fort Washington, Maryland, 20744. Again, we have two shows, one at 12, one at 7 p.m. Um, and you can contact Ms. Ida Gardner at 202-413-4988 or 202 Okay. All right. So let's please support our community. But before we sound off, we can, we've got to have Miss Twyla do our Walk the Walk. Walk the Walk. On this date in 1991, we saw a brutal beating of Rodney King on a tape. And after that court hearing and during the midst of that trial, he was in front of the people and he said one thing, can we all just get along? The question is, can we all just get along? And I'm not trying to talk about this group and that group. I'm talking about our group. I'm talking to you now. I'm talking about American descendants of slaves. I'm talking about Africans and African Americans. Can we all just get along? This week, I want you to reflect on how you can be an instrument in helping us all learn and activate the tools necessary to be able to get along. Hey, if we get along, we all be strong. Yes, that's good. Next week, we have Miss Miriam Bryce. White, Whitehead Bryce, and mm -hmm. she is here with her, and I don't surrender, surrender to judgments. A yes. powerful, powerful book. Next week, you know, this is the week that we celebrate or we, we give homage to those that are our brothers and sisters that are living with HIV. And I'm saying living with mm. HIV, not existing. They're mm. living with HIV. She has a powerful, powerful testimony. Her face looks like us. You all have seen her before. You've heard some of her work. And before the end of the month, we'll also, after we'll have a, one Sunday, we'll have a dear, or thank you, Bill Cosby. And we'll be talking about black men and how they are being ostracized and demonized in, in, in our society. So I want everybody to chime in on that. And then following that, we'll be with, we'll, Francis will give us a wonderful journey through Ghana. And at the end of the month, we will have Kalichi from Appeal that will be here with us. So 
Uh, final thing you have to say there? Yeah, I, I, I want to just throw this in there. Like last month was Black History Month, and we're in March now. And guess what? We're still creating history. That's all. <laughs> well, so we can get to that next week. I need to make sure we, we get to this point. You know, we all we talk about a lot of stuff, but that connecting the dots thing where we got it. This is the problem of the youth and it connect the church. Oh, then you already start. You're walking the walk this right now. has to evolve. And I know yes. nobody wants it to. I know the church has this, and I had to get this out before we end, this thing of, you know, I don't know about this new music and the kids come to church. And eat. Listen, if you want change, the church has to evolve. If the church, everything that you just said is the key. We can see for ourselves. You're gonna, the church has to evolve. The preacher can no longer be this guy that everybody looks to. But the to evolution has to start the, with the people in the pews first. Because they have to own their you-know-what. Nobody's perfect. And if you're trying to teach me that God clearly says we're all born into sin, right? But you're trying to live this life of pristine stuff that you know is not a reality? Come on now. It's not gonna, not with this generation. It's not going to happen. Well, we, we, can't, we can't wait for that conversation. Well, with that, that means he started his walk to walk today. Yes. And with that, Ron, take us home. Mm-hmm.